Pepsi can. Whoa! Pepsi Generation Next. When I got on, I was like, first of all, O H I O all day. And uh, I had a little bit of that Snoop Dogg wine. I don't know if you tried it, man, but it's called 19 Crimes. I've seen this. I wanted to buy it just for the bottle, but I haven't had it myself. And, and I should have mentioned Snoop Dogg in my argument. So, you know, first I addressed that Ohio shit. It was like, Trevor, I don't know you, but you seem like a nice gentleman. But uh, yeah, that, that Ohio state hatred, man, that needs to subside. But, you know, being a veteran pothead, I say, like, there are people who can smoke and still be productive. Um, you oh, know, yeah. And I understand that weed isn't for everybody. It, and like that was his whole argument as far as like the things that you know people do when they're on weed or the things that they don't do when they're on weed and it's like don't let the the, the a portion of the pop the pothead population speak for all of us man i mean uh, I, just, I just smoked and went and just worked out for an hour and a half i mean if that isn't productivity i don't that isn't lazy no that ain't nothing i, I I mean, I've been both sides of that argument. I have, I mean, but that's, you can overuse it and you can be fucked up and have a good time. But here's the thing. The worst thing that ever happens if you do do that is you fall asleep, eat a little too much and you laugh a little bit too much. And if those are the most negative of consequences, it isn't a bad thing. And the positives, I mean, Jesus, I I don't want to take an hour just going through that, but... But a little bit of what you said though, man, like, yeah, there is a such thing as smoking too much. But I was telling those guys that, hey, that's the difference between a veteran pothead who knows what the fuck they're doing and just a, a grown ass teenager. Um, yeah. You know, we we smoke for years, Matt. <laughs> and we we kind of we kind of get an inkling. Our body tells us when to get off of this ride. You know, the, the blunt could still be in session, a joint, the bowl. Be like, yeah, I'm good. Cause that's like, oh, my body's telling me, motherfucker, like, can you make out of like what what's going on in front of you? Like, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting to that area, so I need to get off of this roller coaster. Yeah. But I can't speak for the fucking dumbass who just melts into his couch petting his dog all day who just like man no man you 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 can't hang but i mean that's that might be the beginning times because you remember those times like way back when when it was just all giggles and fucking hanging out bullshitting in a room together that's like college weed smoking but if you're doing that as a 30 year old then you need there's the big ass problem with that you know what i'm saying like, how about, like, I have to go out and interact with the world. Maybe we're smoking really good weed. 
And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can already feel <laughs> like I'm gonna be in stratus. Um, but I mean, shit but, can yeah. get squirrely, but that's just a lesson, man. Like that teaches you to nut up and just be like, take a deep breath, chill the, f- nothing's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Unless you're like taking dabs all day or something. Then you, that's a bit, that's like smoking crack for weed. And that I, I don't want to be a part of. I don't like it. I don't do it. And when I have done it, I didn't care for it. It was just too much. But just weed smoking, you know, it's, it is like, it can get out of hand. And there are people that suck that can't do it. But sometimes, like you and me, I mean, I just feel like, honestly, if you ask me right now, it just helps me to focus and not stress the fuck out all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what it does for me. I can smoke some weed and just sit back in a chair and just laugh at, or watch like a movie, but I don't choose to do that too much. It seems like, I mean, yeah. it, it's fun every once in a while, but having a beer is fun every once in a while, but I don't do that shit all the time. So I don't know what that means. I just know it works for me. I wouldn't recommend it to everybody because not everything is for everybody. So. Exactly. Your, your method works for you. And like, I, Joey even mentioned that like, he doesn't like when a, a, a weed head is kicking it with a confidant or an associate or whatever who doesn't smoke and they're just super pushy. There's like, the person can Wait, be Who like, is oh, doing you know, that though? If I'm hanging out with somebody that doesn't like smoking weed, I'll be like, that's even better for me because more for me, you know? But. Once again, though, you have those immature motherfuckers, irresponsible motherfuckers who will be like, oh, no, you just have to smoke with me. So they'll be like, oh, no, it, it oh, does something you. to my body. I, I don't like the way it, it makes my body feel. Uh, it gives me a headache. No, man, you just need to smoke with me. No, listen to that fucking person. Respect their decision. Like, they're yeah. telling you, like, <laughs> yeah, this is my body. And I don't like what happens to my body or my head when I do this thing. So like, why are you being the typical like dare character? Like, no, pussy, smoke with me, cause I'm cool. <laughs> You're gonna enjoy it if you do everything with me, hundred percent, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be and, a blast. And I'm here to say for Pothead Nation, there are potheads who don't like that pothead. Hell yeah! I mean, honestly, it's just a mentality thing because. In my 20s, I was more tolerant of all that because I hadn't been around it that much to the point where it annoyed the fuck out of me. But now there are just things that I don't do. Uh, I still love weed. I always will. Um, But the things I was doing in my 20s would infuriate me now. And some of the people that we were dealing with would absolutely infuriate the fuck out of me now. But in terms of my usage, even that's evolved. But that's because... I'm an adult and that's what happens when you get older. You just like figure shit out better. When I was 20, I didn't know what the fuck. I was just like, hammer it, 10 foot bong, let's do it. If I saw that now, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Let's let's smoke in this parked car. With yeah, dude, like get, let me get a machine that just, uh, just shoots weed smoke out of it. Like a fucking extinguisher. I mean, let's, let's do that. Let's breathe. Yeah. I mean, we were doing some crazy shit, Steve, but. We don't do that anymore, but that's what I'm oh, saying. No. That kind of, uh, the pothead that just stays like that 20 year old guy who's like a 30 year old in flannels, like hitting bong, ripping bongs and shit. It's like, okay. 
Wow. Dude, what are you trying to do to me, man? <laughs> First wow, dad. Got me seeing. You got to chill out, bro. Those people exist, man. And fuck those people because, dude, like you're, you're making older. us look bad. <laughs> Make, like, yes, man. For the people who aren't familiar with weed or how it works, who live off of that fucking reefer madness education. I don't understand how you, you can still reason. do that, though, because, I mean, now even if you want to be a naysayer on it, my argument would be, one, uh, it's been proven it's medically, uh, it, it's just like a good medical uh, alternative. Like, I had cancer, and I could have taken a bunch of pills, but I ate edibles, and I swear to you, Steve, on everything, that that shit was better than any medicine my doctor could have given me and it works in that way so in that way 100 i would argue that secondly there's people making trillions of dollars off of weed that are probably smoking it and those companies whether you like legitimate weed and like uh, recreational pot if you live in a state that has it um whether or not you like it, that shit is going to take over. And those people are laughing while there's some guy like, <laughs> you weed isn't fucking, it's fucking sucks. It's for losers. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep racking this money up. Okay. Up. <laughs> man, this money ain't for losers. And I, I mentioned Snoop earlier, man. You know, I'm, I'm saying this when I called into their show and I'm drunk off of this pothead's wine. And is it good? Steve? Is it good? It, it's, it's good and it hits. Okay. It, 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 it's good quality. It, it's a good person uh, from my perspective. And, you know, like I said, this pothead has his own wine sold in fucking Kroger. So this is a productive pothead. I mean, who would have thought, uh, like, that guy has a wine. A wine, wine, Steve. And he has a show where he cooks with Martha Stewart, where I'm sure that they use that wine to cook some shit. Straight up, man. I, you know what? We talked about how badass Snoop was, I think, maybe the last episode. And that's just proof positive right there. It's, He's it's on the, the 90s, man. It's going to be a recurring thing here. Well, yeah. Snoop, I haven't had the shit. I'm not a wine drinker. I'm, I'm, Steve, I'm happy to see you're a classy gentleman that's drinking wine with a lady. I love to hear that. Yeah. I'm more of a margarita guy, and I'm sure Snoop loves a margarita. He's a party animal. Yeah. So... Shout out to Snoop, shout out to Potheads, shout out to 30-year-old and 40, 50-year-old Potheads who are earning their stripes as veterans, Steve, just like you and me. We've served in the the fucking marijuana military, and we've earned that general status. I mean, I'll go toe-to-toe. You and I, I'll gladly step on the front lines with you, Steve, because I know. I know I got good backup in that regard. So it's good to see Snoop Dogg doing it. I wouldn't have thought like the the wine would have been his thing, but he has everything yeah. else. He has weed papers. He's got weed. Exactly. He's got gin and juice. Snoop, stop! Leave something for the rest of us. God damn! How much money Just is Snoop doing worth? His How much money is Snoop worth, Steve? I'm looking this up. Fuck all the bullshit. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. You're right. What would this world be like without Snoop? I hate to imagine. Oh my God, $150 million. Steve. Somebody fucking like that, lying. That's, 
that isn't really i feel like it says 150 million i feel like that's small that's small that's small compared to what I thought. Um, I, I think his, his weed output, though, he's spending millions off weed, Steve. That monthly weed bill, he's paying for that weed. So you think people are just giving Snoop Dogg free weed? Dude, he's he makes money off of weed. He has different like brands of weed and hemp and rolling papers like. He's multifaceted, man. So 150 million. I, I think his catalog's worth more. He's than high, he's hiding some money somewhere. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, 150 million. Then he has like a some sort of offshore account, you know, some of that Nino Brown shit where it's just like hidden money. That's gotta be the case. It's fucking Or he's been a, like, does he have a divorce maybe? Because that could have nah. been no? he, he's still with the woman that had his children. The He's mother the of his children. Lady yeah. ENT, whatever. It yeah. Is. Okay. And dude, I, I gotta address this, man, since we're recording. Otis Anderson. I fucking fucked up, bro. Otis Anderson, who played for the New York Giants, the Super Bowl MVP, he did not kill his son. Thank uh, God. <laughs> The guy who was murdered, who was also a football player, his name is Otis Anderson Jr. But the Otis Anderson who didn't kill himself is spelled with two T's. And this was a simple thing that I could have corrected before this shit hit air. But I'm just so inclined to create mess. I like mess. And I want to be messy in December. And I apologize to you, Otis Anderson, with two T's. You didn't kill your son. If you have a son, continue living your best life and not kill your son like you like you have been like going through life, not killing your son. You're just Keep doing that. It. Is he still alive, Steve? He's still, he's still alive. Thank God. He has a, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why the fuck he wasn't. Um, he was a Super Bowl MVP. Like how many Super Bowl MVPs aren't in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, uh, and notably I mean, also, Steve, as you've mentioned previously, not a murderer of his son. Totally not a murderer. Uh, Otis Anderson, one T, his dad was not a Super Bowl MVP, and he should not get any fucking accolades <laughs> at all. Yeah, he is not the most valuable player of anything. He deserves nothing. And so wait. That other Otis Anderson who was dead, his dad killed him? His dad killed him, and he played uh, football. He, he, I think, He's, made it to How many like, Otis Andersons are out here killing it like this? I mean, is that... Kept, oh, man. Did you mean to do that? <laughs> I did not. I did not, Steve. But I did. They're killing. <laughs> well, hey, he didn't kill much because I think he got cut from the, uh, the regular season team. Mm. Uh, but he's got a Wikipedia entry and it, it hit my, uh, my smartphone. It was an article. So there, there's some, uh, volume of, of relevance there. I mean, there's so much going on that uh, you can't be blamed, Steve. I don't hold you to blame for that. That's a very confusing, my, intriguing situation with a lot of Otis Anderson's. I mean, this is I, almost yeah. like that Spider-Man movie that's coming out, but with Otis Anderson. Yeah, I, I don't want to be the reason an innocent man goes to prison. Who, who knows who's <laughs> going to watch this? You know what I mean? And I don't want to put One another man in prison. Watch man. that shit and just put it all together, Steve. You son of a bitch. 
there's enough brothers in in there man that are wrongfully locked up man and i don't want to be the cause of any of it man i'm sorry otis anderson with two t's you didn't murder your son but you did play for the Giants. you just murdered the game close of to being football bad. in a, especially in a super bowl apparently because you got mvp status yeah. So killing that, but you did not kill your son. And thank God. I mean, we can only yeah. hope that you and your family are doing really good right now. I wish yeah. you the but best. He, but he did play for the Giants, which is kind of close to being that bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a Cowboys fan like yourself, but um, I'm spiritually turning into a Cowboys fan this season just because my team's so bad. So fuck the Giants and not fuck Otis Anderson because you besmirched not nah. with, with the two T's. Yeah, with, yeah, man. Like you live your life comfortably. I mean, that's your, slander, Steve. Yeah. I might have to jump on Otis Anderson's side with two T's and just be like, shame on you, dude. Shame, hey, you're, man, you're, about, you're, you're coming into my pocket now. This is fucked up. It, the pressure. I Oh, <laughs> uh, it's fucking Yaxmas season, Steve, and you're fucking up like this, dude. <laughs> dude, yeah. You're folding like Pittsburgh in any game that they play this season. So I don't like to see that. And uh, but I think you've done your best to just apologize and hopefully avoid any sort of law lawsuit or civil suit that you might incur on that because it is slander, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think Otis is listening. If I'm going to be honest, I don't think any of them are. A couple of them definitely aren't. One probably not because he's living a good life and. One can only hope he gets into the Hall of Fame, but I don't know. Some people have one good game. Like, is David Tyree going to be in the Hall of Fame? Fuck no. That's what I'm saying. But the thing is, though, Otis Anderson was a pro bowler, too. And he was, like, kind of a big deal coming into the league. Like, is Santonio Holmes going to be in the Hall of Fame because he's he's a part of one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history? I don't know. No, I mean, he'll be remembered for that. But, I mean, there are exceptions because there's a shit ton of Super Bowl MVPs at this point. Uh, I'm sure not all of them are in there. Just like the NBA Finals. uh, You know, who's the guy for Golden State? Uh, Iguodala. He he won MVP coming off the bench. He's probably not going to be in there. He's my NBA 2K something MVP. I'll tell you that because that guy in that game used to be a beast. Him and Kyle Korver, whenever they were on the Sixers together in that game, I used to just not. Hey Jordan, remember Kyle Korver in the fucking in the post? You son of a bitch. Yeah, Korver was a sniper. <laughs> I miss Kyle Korver. Where's he at? Man, I want to say he just retired, man, and he's got a record for threes. I, I want to say like the longest streak of games making a three, if I'm not mistaken. Just he was, you know, he looked like he was in a boy band or in like Blink 182 or something, you know? He, he had, he that, had that look. And speaking of boy bands, I want to ask you something before we kick off, man. Uh, how much were you into Immature? Or, or did you even know about the group Immature in the 90s? I mean, they were on like some TV shows, I remember. And that's the one with yeah. like, there's one dude, like the main dude was, he went off. What's that guy's name? Marcus, Marcus Houston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. spelled with the Q. Yeah, exactly. Marquez, yeah. isn't it? Go home, Roger. It's the same guy. Like <laughs> oh, okay. he had a 
he had a real life Stefan Steven Urkel like situation. Like he played the like lovable loser neighbor kid on TGIF. Uh, but in real life, man, the honeys wanted him. And oh, yeah. Y- yeah, man. The best song Immature ever did, in my opinion, was Feel the Funk. And it was on the Dangerous Mind soundtrack. They made a video for it and it was on their album, uh, We Got It. And we were in uh, seventh grade at the time uh, when that song came out, man. Dangerous Minds had just came out. And that was an RB song that made me feel grown. It had all the junior high schoolers feeling grown. Because it's just a sexy ass song, man. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it. It, it was I'm sure it was in heavy rotation on BET Soul and all of that shit back in the day. But it's one of the best R&B songs of the '90s. It's one of the best R&B songs ever, in my opinion. Wow, wow, it's, immature. It's, I don't know if people saw that coming, Steve. But I, they were. I mean, everyone remembers it. Also, I looking back, I find it weird that. They had these little boys just straight singing this sexual ass music, which is kind of, you know, whatever. It is what it is, but they pulled it off. I remember maybe some like leather outfits in a video. They they had that. They had leather outfits and in in Fill the Funk, they had like TLC haircuts, which kind of threw me off. They had like- I think I'm thinking of the song you're talking about, because I'm sure in that video they had leather outfits. Maybe with had a leather outfits. on under it, some shit like, like a, that. A bomber jacket or some shit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Immature, do I remember them? Yes. Was I a fan of them? I can't say that I was. But I think anybody, as a young, fat, white boy, would I have loved to be a member of Immature, like with women just trying to grope me when I'm singing these amazing R&B songs? Yes. But I never reached that pinnacle, Steve. I never, the bull cut, the double chin, the titties. It just wasn't a mix. It doesn't look good in a leather outfit, you know? So I get it. But Matt, you gotta listen to the music. You gotta let your body flow. Play it smooth and feel the funk now. (laughs) Feel the funk. That was on the Dangerous Mind soundtrack? Yeah, that shit was banging. Nice, they even had, they had clips of the movie in the video. I miss that. Don't you miss that? Whenever you were watching a fucking song from a soundtrack, and you got a little—it was like a preview yeah. for the movie, Steve. In a way, you don't get that. There's no kiss from a rose for Spider-Man: No Way Home or whatever the fuck that movie's called. Looking forward to it, by the way. Just I'm just completely—I want to see that movie, but uh, yeah. I mean, we don't, there's no like video that explains the movie. You know what I'm saying? You don't get that kind of soundtrack song anymore. It's just like a Drake song or a Rick Ross song or some shit. It it was all a part of the presentation. Now it's just like, oh, it's here at your doorstep here. It's here. Yeah. Hey, can you maybe come to a movie theater? No. Okay. Whatever. Fuck. All right. (laughs) I don't, how are they still making these gigantic movies? Because if people aren't going to the theater like that, like I'm going to see Spider-Man. That was one of my Christmas gifts. We're seeing it in the theater, but like anything else, I'm not going like there's got to be like such a steep drop off of things that aren't blockbusters now. Like they're not going to be making indie movies much longer. It seems like unless it's Netflix, it's all the Wayne Johnson. The the rock is what's keeping all of this afloat. 
all of the spillover from his movies that that spills off into the independent crowd yeah, yeah. you you come away from watching a rock movie and you're like I just need to watch like fucking John Krasinski just talk about being depressed for an hour and a half. Something, yeah. you know? Or a Jim Jarmusch film. Is that <laughs> yeah, Jim Jarmusch? Jarmusch? Dude, I used to watch ever like, I would just buy movies I haven't seen now, dude. There's so much, it's like, I feel like shitty because I have all these options, but it's just like, I'm so hesitant to just invest two hours of my time watching anything that's not, something i know is gonna be good you know what i mean yeah I feel like i was more adventurous steve i feel like I, I had more zest for my film life back then you know same yeah i'm more prone to watching things i've already seen a dozen yeah. times it's sad yeah. I, I watched ninja turtles the other day i was like there's shit out i could watch and there's new shit i have been sort of getting into but I don't know, man. I feel like an old man. I feel like my dad watching MASH and shit back in the day. I always used to be like, why is he watching this shit? This is stupid. Now I'm watching The Office. I'm watching fucking the old X-Men cartoon or, you know, like shit like that, where it's just like, oh, I get it. But you know what, Matt? We're not just watching 90s stuff, though, because it's our era. We're watching 90s stuff because everybody should be watching this shit. Yeah, listen up. Listen, no. It's the best. I mean, you go Here. through it. Some of these things we do watch or like these shows that we're watching, the series. I, come at them. Come at them, Martin, and see if you come out on top. Because it's not going to happen, guys. What are you going to... What? Marlin? A cheap knockoff of Martin? Well, I mean... It's, it's Marlin, like I heard it was good. I it heard was it was good. good. Steve, great. For a new sitcom, a Netflix sitcom, great. They even cursed in it. It was amazing. But what they did do is just take all of like the backbone of Martin and just make the structure. It, yeah, just yeah. all of it. Even like the Pam Martin relationship. He had some chicky bagged on all the time. It was just like it's, all very obvious. And while it yeah. was good, I mean, I love Marlon Wayne's no matter what. Uh, me too. White chicks. It was just like scared me to watch. Um, Terry Crews is what made that movie. If it wasn't for him. Andrew said that the other day. I was like, yeah. I thought he got famous from Friday After Next. You know, I don't me, know which that, came first. I feel like Friday After Next came before that because I feel like I after think so. that he started getting put in everything. Is that weird, like Jack dude in everything? Because he was in that. He plays in white chicks, right? Yeah, and he's just like goo goo gaga over these chicks, man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> That's he was also. He was in that Mike Judge movie, too. Mm. Oh, Idiocracy. Yeah, he was the president. Yeah. He basically he played was... Trump as a giant Jack Black. What I think Trump yeah. thinks he looks like in his head, basically. Basically, yeah. Jeez, no, man. Shout out Mike Judge, man. Dude, Mike but, Judge uh, still... I mean, dude, that guy, he's sort of an unsung genius, really. I think people know about him, but... He's still writing awesome shit. Like that Silicon Valley show that uh, was on HBO. He wrote. Is it that. already that off? Shit's... Yeah, I think so. I think it's done. Yeah. That shit was hilarious. King of the Hill and all of that, man. Oh yeah. I mean, we could have a Mike Judge episode. This guy is just a fucking. Hilarious... He's been and plus he was like an actor in sitcoms. If you go through, I think he was in Frasier. Mm. So, Judge. 
making moves, making moves. Well, hey, boys and girls, this is Steve G and Mad G with Happen in the 90s, a show where we talk about things that happen in the 90s. So get out your Gavin Rossdale posters and your Spunko products because you're coming on down to Happen in the 90s, having a good time. I got lazy this time. I mean, I mean, I liked it though. It was good. It was good, Steve. Yeah. Don't hate. Usually, when we do South Park, I try to give the full version. Like, nah, fuck all that. Nah, we don't got time. Doing too much. Steve, we got to dig deep into these apps. Yeah, we're talking about South Park again, and we're talking about Ren and Stimpy again for Yaxmas. Uh, we're talking about probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie ever. Probably. What? Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, it, it, it's there's if it's not, there's a one A and one B. If it's not, if it's not. But we've already talked about the other two blockbusters from this year. Ace Ventura and The Mask, all okay. in 94. And this is the third of the Patrick, trifecta. Man. Baller alert. This is when he was just started. like they were like, oh, we're just going to pay you whatever you want. now. Yeah, that's literally what happened, too unprecedented man i, I gotta say but, steve I, i'm gonna i'm gonna just argue with the dumb and dumber thing though it's it's not his best movie but oh well you gotta come up with a better example for her well ace ventura one or two is better than that and the mask <sighs> i mean we could tell i feel like maybe the mask is uh, better i haven't seen it in a while but so, i didn't like dumb and dumber instantly i liked it more when i started smoking pop bro like this movie is the prime example as to why he's the goat of physical comedy man well sell me i'm a jury dude i'm a jury of your peers so when we get into that i want you to sell me on why this is his best movie and i i'm here i'm gonna dive i'm wide open yeah now man oh man yeah you're gonna get that work today because we're gonna be talking about all things 12 16 in the 90s we're so close to Christmas, Steve. It's so close. You even got the lights up. Yeah, my my raggedy ass Big Lot lights. <laughs> Thank you, Big Lots. Dude, don't hate on Big Lots, dude. I got a, I've got mattresses from Big Lots. If you, I mean, I'm not I'm not ashamed of it, Steve. I am a proprietor of the Big Lots. And dude, also, big Lots was want, always there. You want some big ass bags of like chocolate chips? Go to Big Lots, Steve. Be fucking be it. Let your inner fat kid out. Yeah, still haven't came around the corner on ingesting anything <laughs> out of Big Lots. Uh, the furniture and little decorations will suffice. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll get there at some point. Uh, I got love for you, but you know, at a distance for now. Uh, but in, in 1993, Shannon Doherty, Brenda, is fired from TV series Beverly Hills 90210 for being a bitch. I was gonna say, wasn't it just because she was problematic? Or uh, she was a bitch. Well, yeah, she was a bitch. Uh, very difficult to work with, and uh, she even owns up to it now. You know, she said she was young. She was, you know, just getting out of her teenage years, and she had a camera in her face, twenty-four-seven. And uh, to that, Shannon Doherty, I say, so did just about everyone else in the fucking cast. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm sure they had somewhat of a prima donna attitude too, but she was probably extra with her shit. Like, oh yeah, I was in Heather from Christian Slater. Bitch, suck my titty. 
I'm getting Dylan in this storyline, you ho. And she didn't like Jenny Garth. They actually like came to blows. I'd love to be the fly on the wall for that shit. Yeah, that would have been a great day to work on that set. But I mean, yeah. Jason Priestley had cameras all up in his grill and he wasn't being a B.I.H. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I honestly don't like Shannon Doherty that much. She was in Mallrats. Didn't care for her in that, was. but she was in it. Yeah. Yeah, she got a bitchy face too. Bitch! I just like that we're calling Shannon Doherty out for being a biatch decades later. It's out there, Shannon. Sorry. Oh man. Bitch! You so. Yeah. Uh, but that following that that following year, 1994 on 1216, Dumb and Dumber premieres in theaters. Dude, I remember when Jim Carrey movies were about to come out, how excited you were back then? After oh, Ace Venture, it was like, holy fuck. And it I love a Christmas movie too. I love a movie that comes out around Christmas so you get to go out with your buddies or your family and go watch it. This one I did not watch with my family, thank God. Uh, but I love it. It was a great movie, Steve. So it's the best movie of Jim Carrey's career. Sell me on that. This is the one that broke him, man. I mean, this is the most quotable, at least out of that trifecta, because it sounds like you don't even think this is the best out of the trifecta. No, it's not. Ace Ventura 1 is, I mean, it's the it's the one that projected him into superstardom. It's, I got to say it's that. It's not right quote heavy. It, well, it's his first like feature, you know, where he's the star, but it's not quote heavy like this one. Okay, well. Kick uh, his disagree. assy bass. You know exactly Harry, what the fuck we're talking about. I took care of it. Oh, pretty bird. Oh, pretty bird. You this know exactly movie, what I'll the say fuck this. Like about, his other movie, like Ace Ventura was fucked up in a way, but this movie was it was fucked up. Like this really went crazier than his past movies. But the mask, you didn't even like are you saying the mask is worse than this? I hate to use the term worse with anything Jim Carrey related. Yeah, uh, right. I, it's it's I, I don't like it as much as Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I don't like any of his movies as much as I like Dumb and Dumber. Uh, Mortal Kombat was fresh on the scene. There was a scene, a dream sequence where he rips the heart out of the, the chef's chest. And that whole scene, that was very like black exploitation, like Bruce Leroy ish in a way. I mean, Jim Carrey's did that shit. Also, just like the little jokes that they put in, like when he's just like looking for the chick and he looks at the, her briefcase and he's like, Samsonite, damn it. Just shit like that. It's just like a throwaway joke almost. I'll give it to you. It's not, a. am not saying it's a bad movie at all. I do love it. I love Jeff Daniels in it too. He's fucking hilarious. All the people in this are hilarious. But yeah, I'm a, I'm an Ace Ventura guy, Steve. I love the character. I love the movie. I both of them, I think, are better than Dumb and Dumber. But is this a bad movie by any means? No, we're just cut. We're splitting hairs. No, man. This is this in is like 90s the- Jim Carrey. This is you could oh, the only person who might be able to touch this Adam Sandler 90s. Maybe. Ooh, are we really going to do this today? I mean, Matt? there might it might be have to happen because if I gotta go in, back then, back then, Steve, I'm a Sandler guy. I'm fully Sandman all day, every day. Well, you said back in the day. Give, 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 he was give everywhere. Give me a timetable. I'm talking 
I would like whenever Opera Man in SNL through Billy Madison, through uh, Happy Gilmore, through Waterboy, through Big Daddy, uh, through uh, fucking uh, Wedding Singer. I just named five fucking movies. All of those were going toe to toe with Jim Carrey comedies. And I got to say, Steve, I just, uh, and I also, this is the other reason I say Adam Sandler, the CDs. I got a big CDs fucking boner right now. They were crazy as fuck. Also, just, that's why I love them. But Jim Carrey, I'm, I'm saying all this and I'm talking shit. And my wife just said Jim Carrey as well, but. I'm a little older and wiser than my wife. You so. you did bring out some heat though. I give you that, man. You 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 brought a lot to the table. Just That's now. the only person. I mean, like, had Chris Farley lived longer and made more movies, he just doesn't have enough. Because that was my guy. Yeah. Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, even in Almost Heroes and a Beverly Hills Ninja. I was right there for all of these movies. The Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. But Adam Sandler, I gotta say. He was in your face more, maybe because I was just like searching him out more. I don't, but I don't think Jim Carrey, other than in Living Color, he didn't have like CDs and like singular shit. You know what I mean? He he was one of those comedians who like once he got to a certain level, he left that world alone. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know what? All of that is valid. What you said about Adam Sandler in the '90s. But the fact that Jim Carrey dropped three blockbusters all in the same year while being on a popular show in the same year. And he was like heavily used in that final season of In Living Color, man. It's kind of like DMX's 1998. He dropped It's Dark and Hell is Hot and then Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood in the same year. And they both went number one in 98. And that, that was unprecedented for a rapper. So it's like, okay, Adam Sandler over the decade, he, yeah, he probably got him stacked, but man, he ain't got no year like James. Well, and I'll also say, I feel like Adam Sandler then was um, <clears throat> sort of transformed his career to mirror a Jim Carrey. Because what I think Jim Carrey did is he reached like the pinnacle of comedic acting. The pit where they were just paying him insane shit. Once he made it onto um, Batman Forever and he was playing Riddler, which was in a dramatic-ish movie, but he was still kind of being a funnier character in it. He made so much money off that that he started doing all the serious shit. And eventually that's what Adam Sandler started to do too. So I feel like these guys, their peers, uh, they were probably pushing each other, you know, success wise. They were seeing each other in the rear view in different times of their life and shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we just talked, gave flowers to two guys, but Jim Carrey, like you said, that's got to be, that's a career year in like the hall of fame of career years. Like you said, DMX, him, I, you know, you really can't see a lot of people doing that, especially movies just doing really dope shit all within the same 365 days i mean name an actor who's done that at all period three hit movies in one year well I mean, that we is did, insanity we, we did mention tone loke was in blank check and uh ace ventura in the same year in 94 <laughs> and, and, and they were a week apart really Good. So yeah, Tone Loke, man. Tone Loke was getting it for like a, he had a year, dude. He had a year where they were just like anything. We need we need him. We need Tone. Give me Tone. Man, I'm glad we're having this conversation, man. Because 
I, I guess this could be another like versus like what comedian or comedic actor had the best like era um I mean, I mean, both of yeah, those Adam guys. Sandler, dude. I just like for, always forget he before he was even in movies, really. Mm-hmm. Dude, he had these insane comedy CDs that were songs, they were skits, they were yeah. dirty as fuck parental advisory CDs when he was on SNL. So I like I got into that. He started yeah. making those crazy movies like Billy Madison and shit. And everyone loves Happy Gilmore. He got to once he got there. I mean. He was just making hits. I just remember a period of time every year where I would get to go see a new Adam Sandler movie and I was always stoked about it. You know what I mean? Even like the more cheesy ones, like a wedding singer, go back yeah. and watch that. That shit's funny as fuck. So I, I would love to do a versus <laughs> about that. I mean, there's a lot of movie shit and like comedy shit I would love to talk to you about because you have good taste too. It's like, I'm not besmirching Jim Carrey because like that dude... I mean, like you said, I, re- I still remember the night I saw Ace Ventura. I was in a little yeah. shitty theater in Pennsylvania with my sister who watched it. And when we, like the hemorrhoid scene came out, she was like, oh, my God. And I just remember being like, what did I see? Because I didn't really understand what I what they were talking mm. about because I was so young. But right. I mean, it was just like these guys, there's just like, we were part of a history of like comedic movies that I don't think you're ever going to get that anymore, dude. No, man, you're not going to replicate the success of the nineties. Um, and that's all they try to do. And then they try to like push forward. Like there's only like two celebrities. It's like Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson in comedy movies. You know what I mean? Like everybody else has been like canceled. Like, can't have Seth Seth Rogen in anything because he's friends with like James Franco and shit. It's like so you guys can't make movies anymore. What, what did James Franco do? I'm I'm lost. Uh, he, he had some allegations, you know. Oh, a lot of those dang. type of things, you know. It's, it's like, and I, yeah. I don't want to speak too much because I don't know too much about it, but you know those kind of things are happening, and that kind of like affects a lot of the satellite guys in that world's career. So like, because he's I a part know. of that branch, yeah. You know, so and who knows, dude? <laughs> I don't know. No, and the Holly weird is a weird, yeah, man. I don't it's know. A weird it's a weird time. world. It's like different. We didn't know anything about celebrities. You just got to watch like a cool movie every year, and we're like, hey, those guys are awesome. You didn't know all this other shit. It was like, oh, eh, I can't yeah. watch this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't look at Kaiser Sosa the same now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I want to watch Seven so bad, but hmm, I don't know. American Beauty, is that like a true story now? Is yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Is that like, who the fuck? That director's like, God damn. God yeah. damn, Kevin, I told you. But uh, yeah, man, uh, Dumb and Dumber, though, it, it, this was actually Harlan Williams' first film that he acted in, man. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh, there are some moments of this, dude. The, when the guy dies with the hot peppers and shit, the fucking that shit was dude. hilarious. It, guys, but even guys. But even before that, when they're riding in the car and they start singing, oh my god! Like Jim Carrey has this part, and it's only for a second where he's like, "My, yeah." 
King. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he just gets in the dude's face. Bird. Yeah. <laughs> like the way he like he just did it with just like his neck twitch. It was like bird. Yeah. And he but he was dead ass serious. He was into it. Like, oh, man. Did you know the Corys were considered for these roles? Really? Yeah. Initially, yeah, but the the producer or the company they thought like man that their flavor has already expired, man. At this point, because this was like ninety three, ninety two when it was being developed or whatever. It's like man, one of them's half dead. What the fuck? And uh, this was the Fairleys' uh, first film. That's what I was gonna say. The fa- this is when like the Fairley yeah. brothers really got like started to hit the stratosphere too. Because then they did this, and then I think something about Mary was after that. Something about Mary. And, I mean, and, that, uh, they have a hidden gem with Jim Carrey called "Me Myself and Irene," where Jim Carrey plays like a guy with multiple personality disorder. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever talks about it. And uh, they didn't even want Jeff Daniels in the movie initially man i mean like that's the kind fairly- of how it always is you know there's somebody end up pushing some guy into it it's who could you picture being in this other than that dude you know uh, they had a lot of suggestions they they actually had a comedian on standby like an actual like comedic actor they didn't say who it was um but like while he's taping his scenes with jim carrey they had a guy just off in the cut because they if just really want get brendan fraser on the phone right now <laughs> Yeah, what's Paulie Shore doing? <laughs> but it, it, because of James, James really wanted a serious actor uh, so that he can kind of keep him based. And, uh, you know, it was because of Jim Carrey's urging for the most part, man, that he got the slot. And his agents didn't want him to get the role. Uh, Jeff Daniels' agent said that this might be the worst decision of his career. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, you know what? If that's a decision to make, I like, I need to make it. Man, that's one in hindsight, too, where it's like, thank God I did the right thing there. Because that could have been, it's, you know, who knows? Because he I was never already heard of a success. I'm sure he would have continued that. But this shit was <laughs> I'm super, it's, super fucking in everybody's face. Everybody was watching this shit. It, dude, I, I w- would have not known who Jeff Daniels was, probably, if it wasn't for this movie. And I know he was in shit before this, but like... I ain't never seen think. it. I mean, I know he's been in some like serious shit, but you're right. Like I can't really, oh, he was in speed. <laughs> sure was in 94. <laughs> he was, they were, yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, there's another, there's a chick in this movie uh, who goes by the name Shay. I think she was one of the, the bad, the baddies. And okay. uh, she was actually in blank check and her name was Shay. And oh. uh, yeah, Jeff Daniels' character had the same name in Speed. Uh, M. Dub. Oh, right, Pax. Harry. He did die. He was. Like, he got exploded by what's his face. So, yeah. Wow. And I hate Speed. Um, yeah, it's not great. I mean, we watched it, and uh, you know, it is what it is. I think there was just a lot of cocaine. There was a lot of amphetamines floating around Hollywood writing rooms, and you know, shit like Speed got made, Steve. So. so once again, if it wasn't for Dumb and Dumber, I would not know who this man was. <laughs> it's his most successful film, man. Uh, and uh, Jim Carrey was actually offered seven hundred thousand for this film, man. But after they saw Ace Ventura, they upped it to seven mil. God, dude, that's another bracket, million, dog. dude. For one thing, you're doing. I don't care how long it takes. Seven million. 
Jim, just congratulations. The first actor to have three films go straight to number one in one year. I mean, then it was like him, Will Smith, Adam Sandler. There was like three or four guys that were just getting put in movies that were getting paid mad money. I know Will Smith was getting, I think he got to like that $40 million mark. Maybe mm-hmm. it was after Independence Day, I think. Somewhere after that. Okay. Oh, Karen Duffy. That's her name. Uh, the lady Shay? that was in Blank Check. Shay, oh. yeah. The one that they made make out with the kid? Yeah, I remember her. Weird. Yeah. And, and Charles Rocket, uh, the guy who killed himself in real life, man. And, you know, he had that whole bit on SNL back in the 80s. Hmm. I lost on that, but Jesus. That's a yeah. Though. Yeah, man. Uh, but also on that same day in 94, Legends of the Fall premiered in theaters. Uh, it looks boring as fuck. Uh, yeah. I've never seen it. Uh, I fucks with Brad Pitt, but this shit looks lame as hell. This is just like a female, like, yank movie, dude. It's just Brad. I mean, he's supposed to be a cowboy, but he's got, like, lip gloss on. You already lost me at cowboy. I don't do cowboy yeah, shit. Dude. I never care for Tombstone, none of that shit. I'll give me t- dude, Tombstone, and I'll tell you, dude, Aaron came down, and we watched that Netflix movie with Idris Elba where it's, like, a black Western movie. I, I did watch, like that. Watch that did, shit. That movie no, is dope I, as fuck. I, I watched it. I did. There, there are exceptions. It was a black um, tombstone. That's what I said when I was watching it. I was like, this movie is, it's got the style. It's got all the characters and shit. But yeah, this, this looks like some CW like trash where, I mean, is he a vampire? Is he a sexy Viking? I don't, I don't know what's going, what's going on. Is this Legend this, of Bagger Vance now? Yeah, man. This shit looks USA Network as fuck, man. In the afternoon. What is Brad like? I just know there's got to be a scene where Brad Pitt's like running towards a woman and then they like embrace in the middle of a field somewhere after a long absence and then they have sex in the rain or something. You know, there's something going on here. This looks this looks like female just porn, like porn. Is, is that is that Hannibal Lecter just staring at a fucking farm? What the fuck? Yeah, dude. This, uh, this is this Norman. is the problem when it's like a boring Western movie where it's just like a feelings movie, not like a love movie and shit. It, what am I looking at? Just fucking prairie land and shit. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, Norman Rockwell landscapes. Yeah. Now, on, on that same day, 1994, Speechless premiered in theaters, starring Michael Keaton and I don't know her name. They should have called it Viewless because I ain't never watched that shit. special Super Sunday Tonight Show with Jenny McCarthy, Real Party Animals, Shania Twain, and Richard Simmons in the showers covering the game. A special J tonight. And uh, now 1995, Ren and Stimpy airs the episode A Scooter for Yaxmas. Stimpy believes in Yaxmas, yet Ren, who thinks Yaxmas is stupid, doesn't believe in the festive holiday. <clears throat> Yeah, he's he's really a Grinch in this, and we start off and we as see usual. Stimp- What's that? As usual. Yeah, I mean he's an asshole, and Stimpy's he's clearly just living that lifestyle. He's working at I think Cobco. Uh, Cobco. Yeah, it's a factory that makes logs. Um, and they seem We're to also make like candy. sooty sooty snow. They're putting out a lot of pollution. It looks like. I mean that's. 
part of the festivities, apparently. Uh, instead of snow like we get for Christmas, uh, they get soot for Yaxmas. <laughs> and Ren is just eating it up, man. He's in the festive spirit. Uh, you know, there are kids making a soot man, throw a soot ball at him. And he's just like, ah, oh, fuck. They I even call him pulsating. a fat, stupid guy. I mean, that's kind of fucked yeah. up. I mean, that's not cool. But still, it's Yaxmas. Just let it go. Yeah. You know, and get this, Matt. He gets paid in popsicle sticks. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is kind of like this is a um, a, an analogy for the real American working man and this just the corporate monster that's not paying us enough to live, Steve. That's what this is. It's a commentary. I mean, that's what they paid me when I worked at Cedar Point. (laughs) Popsicle sticks. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, man. And I made do with those popsicle sticks, man. Enough to get my PlayStation game or two, and uh, you know, a new shirt for when school comes back around. But hey, dude, uh, it doesn't matter because it's Yaxmas time. And it's Yaxmas. It's full effect. Stimpy's loving it. He's having a great time. He's getting called fat. He's getting called stupid, but he doesn't care because really, this is all just so he can get to that day and get that new new scooter that he's got his eye on, Steve. Uh, the Johnny Future Super Scooter. It looks pretty dope, I gotta say. It's pretty shiny. Yeah, it does just about everything but make you come. <laughs> and uh, Stimpy wants to make sure Ren gets the message. Uh, he leaves a message on the toilet that says, hey, Scooter. He yep. has it written all over the toilet paper. Scooter, 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 Scooter. Ren I'm sorry, wipes his ass with all of that toilet paper. And he comes out of the bathroom, ah, it's about 10 pounds lighter. I mean, Stimpy, well, he's even giving wordplay, Steve. He's got signage. He's got like Dirk Diggler signs saying scooter above him. And he's even like giving Ren his his meal, his, uh, I think it's chopped liver that's in the shape of a scooter, which is pretty hard to do. Hey, stupid, hurry up with my supper. But he's even like, let me scoot that over to you, bud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it w- was that what it was? It looked like cooking grease in the form of a scooter. <laughs> I mean, it looked like some diarrhea, but, you know, maybe that's what uh, chopped liver looks like. I don't know. I don't eat that shit. And, and I noticed. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's time to put up the Yaxmas Day decorations. Which Ren is oh, not man. a fan of. He's like, man, fuck all. This. What is this? A Hallmark card? Fuck all this shit. I mean, Damn, Stimpy's dude. he's got the grill set out, decorated with bathroom, uh, coffee filter floor mat, and dental floss garland. And I, I noticed that Ren has a fez on his head. Uh, that my grandpa has one of those. He was in the really? Elks Lodge. Yeah, man. And it's like, dude, who accepted you, Ren? I really think that you were a fucking <laughs> poser. Uh, you know, you you didn't get into the the swanky uh, Chihuahua Elks clubs with uh, the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Uh, you, he didn't even know you. Like you ran into him at the Spud McGenzie funeral one time. Y'all exchanged info, and it was one of those Hollywood like, yeah, 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 I'll call you. But the Taco Bell Chihuahua doesn't even fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't even tell you about the meeting. You found out from being a fucking Ren, and you just came there, and people were like, man, who invited this motherfucker? Everybody's looking at the Taco Bell Chihuahua, and he's like, man, I ain't, I don't know this dude, man. Like, so you can't even get in with the fly Chihuahuas, man. You come 
coming in there with your fez hat and fucking smelling like shit. Worse than shit. Smell like fucking Quiznos. <laughs> Get him, Steve. Yeah. And, he, and so, yeah, Ren stole that Fez hat. He's a poser. He's not really in the fucking group. You, you can't even, like, Airbud got accepted into the Chihuahua Secret Society, and he's a fucking golden retriever. But because he's Airbud, he's got he had that kind of drip in the 90s. Dude, you uh, Ren has some cachet. You're telling me he gets he doesn't get in over Airbud? He's, man, getting tra- he's getting passed over because of Airbud. I mean, come man, on, Steve. It's kind of like Robert De Niro and Goodfellas. Even though he wasn't a full-blooded Italian, uh, it was kind of like, okay, we still fuck with you just off your character. You, you, there's something about this kid we kind of like. And it, it was like the same thing with with Airbud. It's like, yeah, he's a golden retriever. He's not of our ilk, but you know, I mean, he fucking dunks basketballs and shit, and he's a goddamn dog. So, like, I think we should keep him around. And he got in before fucking Ren. With a stolen wow. fez hat, uh, wow. but yeah, sidetrack the fuck Sally. Um, that's on the lost episodes, <laughs> Steve. I mean, you're getting real salty here, and I I just want you to calm down because it is Yaxmas season. And, but he's not in the spirit. That's why but, I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah, but and he needs to be because Stinky Weasel Tits is coming to town, and that's part of the Yaxmas. Weasel Tits. <laughs> 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 Stinky wizards. <laughs> I I think we knew a couple of those in Perrysburg. Yeah, I knew a couple of stinky weasels, <laughs> but uh, and it's stinky <laughs> whistle teats actually, and uh, that's actually part of the Yaxmas mythology, Steve. Which after Rand starts hating on everything, we get a little Yaxmas Carol, care of Stimpy, yeah. that explains this whole insane fucking holiday, which. Involves stinky weasel, stinky whistle teats, his boy Yak, and really what it seems like they're just coming in, breaking in, they're leaving you some sausage and some chewed up gum, but then they're just like <laughs> ransacking your house, Steve. It, it kind of reminds me of Dragonfly Jones and his assistant. Like <laughs> Dragonfly <laughs> Jones is supposed to be the one with the know how, and his assistant seems to be like the actual sane one with you know some goddamn sense man uh and you know stinky whistle teeth is a haggard drunk uh just like some of my cousins uh, and, and just like some of my cousins whistle teeth needs a lot of assistance uh and ironically stinky whistle teeth just like my cousins get their assistance from yak uh stinky whistle teeth is assisted by an actual yak uh, who appears to do crossfit in his spare time my cousins are usually assisted by cognac <laughs> Steve, you are a treasure, dude. You are Yaxmas Miracle. <laughs> I mean, it's true though, man. I, I got some cousins. They keep some cavassier on them and and some penny. Shit. Oh, Yak, dude. I never even put that together, Steve. So salute to you for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he is. They do very much have that dynamic, except Stinky's not going challenge. Silence, but yeah, Stinky's just passed out, (laughs) and that's part of the that's part of the fun, Steve. You wake up the next day to get your presents, your sausages, your chewed up gum, and Stinky's outside passed out on your lawn. Yeah, I mean, this is like I I lived in Hollywood, Steve. This I think Stinky lived in Hollywood where me and Jordan stayed, and I think he he passed out on our lawn a couple of times. 
I mean, it's a grueling job. You're, you're in this flying sausage cart with pre-chewed gum. That's even more weight. And you, you got a spare tire for a heart. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, they're, Ren's not excited. Stimpy is. But Ren should be because we cut the next day. It's gift-giving time, Steve. Jeez. It's gift-giving time. What does Ren get from Stimpy? A golden statue bejeweled that's of the Queen of England, I think. Yeah, I don't know what's the importance of that, why he's so goo-goo gaga over Queen of England. I mean, I don't know, Steve. She might, she's a sexual lady. You know, maybe he's into guilt porn or something like that. I don't know. Man, but what does Stimpy get? Uh, it's way smaller in size than Stimpy's gift for him. Uh, he got him a Cobco fudge popsicle stick. Get all the way the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, come on, I make this. I do this all day. This is just a day's work. And he didn't get what he wanted. And I've oh, have you ever suffered this, Steve, as a child? Like, you don't get that gift that you've just been dying to get? Man, you know, we I did. Uh, young Steve G was heartbroken. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted a my buddy. I asked my grandma. She was usually the one who presented the gifts. Okay. Can I get a my buddy? Here comes Christmas. I open up the box. It's a my buddy, but I didn't think it was because that my buddy was black. You got and a black my buddy? That existed? I got a black. That was a thing, exactly. And when I, I said, like, what is this? My grandma said, it's a my buddy. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, I ain't never seen a commercial for this. They had me at a young age, Matt. They wow. got me, man. I didn't even expect. I didn't even respect. Can I, can I ask though? It was like the brand was the same though. This was just a the this same was an brand, option. The same overalls, the same shirt. Wow. He just Dude, had coarse I hair. I didn't know that was even skin. an option, Steve. I just thought it. I thought it was white boy, my buddy, white chick, kid sister, and that's what you got. Because that's all you saw in the commercials, my and this God. is before the internet. Yeah. Well. There you go, Steve. Just another example of just the United States corporate America just doing some dirty shit because that's that's got to be confusing for your grandma, too. Like, I just got you this toy you wanted, you know, was yeah. she aware of that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I, she, since she's not here with us anymore, man, I can't. That was so long ago. It's one of them things where, like, it doesn't really hit you until That's you wild, like, dude yeah. i never even thought of that i just never thought of that because i'm a white kid you know what it I'm plays saying? on the psyche of, of little kids man and That's you just wild. like you don't value it as much man it is it is man how it can mess up a kid's head wow um, dude we went deep this was a deep conversation all of a sudden steve you were talking about ren not getting into some sort of chihuahua shit going on and on about that and then we just went utterly deep into it and just figured out just some fucking racist ass systematic racism that my buddy corporation was up to yeah well, we see I, I, yeah i wanted to find a reason to get my picture in there man i forgot it in the open <laughs> uh, so you know stimpy is going ape shit you know he returns to the bike shop and he's staring at johnny's future jet scooter loses his shit he's beating on the display case to the point where he breaks the glass and the scooter jet pops out into his fucking hands and there's somewhat of a old karen character uh, she sees this gets the cops involved and now stimpy is on the lamp he's a thief steve 
it's, it's all there. I mean, you, how do you even talk your way out of it at this point? Because he does leave on that shit. He just yeah. peels off on it. So he instantly, he's labeled a thief. He's got to get yeah. back to Ren, man. He's got to get back to Ren because Ren's going to be able to help him out. But what happens when he gets home? And Ren's talking to the fucking press. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's like, I didn't know the guy was a thief. Fuck this guy. Fuck him. I mean, that's got to be heartbreaking. And the world is turning on him, man. And he, what does he do? He gets the fuck out of Dodge, man. Uh, you know, he, he feels like nobody's hearing his side of the story. So he decides to disguise himself by getting a Mo from Three Stooges haircut and puts on a Scotty Too Hottie vest and, and takes off <laughs> on his scooter. And, you know, he falls asleep on the scooter and hits a big oaf. He befriends the big oaf and takes the oaf along for the ride. And Stimpy tells the oaf that he's a CIA agent. And, you know, lo and behold, the oaf realizes that Stimpy is the fucking scooter thief. The motherfucker. And he demands to be let go immediately because who knows what some scooter thief is going to do. Yeah. Well, Stimpy has to get the fuck out of there again. And, you know, he crashes into a pole, the West Pole, at the West Pole Motel. Uh, and Stinky Whistleteeth and his CrossFit yak is passed. They're both passed out. And uh, Stimpy sees a present that's supposed to be for him. And, oh, man, I knew it. Something went right. I've been a good boy. I deserve what I want. And, you know, it all just, he thought Ren didn't even remember what he wanted, but turns out he did. This is like Christmas story, dude. That kid wanted that fucking BB rifle and he thought he didn't get it. Then he got it. So what happens? Yeah. It, it, he, he leaves the bike with Stinky and fucking uh, Yak Ferrigno and he leaves <laughs> his crumbled and he leaves his crumbled up scooter with him. So by the time he leaves, the cops bust into the hotel room and now fucking Arnold uh, Yak Schwarzenegger and and Stinky now they're accused of the shit. Uh, but Stimpy's on the run, man. He's getting the fuck out of there. And, you know, now fucking Stinky and Yaksmith, they're fucking following him with holes. I mean, no, they're not. They're they're arrested, Steve. I mean, he pitted, he pitted the fucking crime on Stinky. And it is, Steve, you've been saying whistle teeth. It's Stinky whistle teats. Oh. So I was kind of half correct. It wasn't whistle tits because I don't think they could get that through. The, even Nickelodeon at the time probably wouldn't have let that one slide. But Stinky yeah. and his juiced up yak, uh, they're going to jail, Steve. And uh, Stippy's got free and he's got a fucking brand new scooter because his old one was all fucked up from hitting that West Pole Motel sign. Um, but, but they did get shot up though. They were they were full of holes. Oh, they were full of holes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those, those fucking West Pole cops, they getting it in, Steve. Fucking don't man. don't move. Do not move. Shit, Karen and cops, man. That's yeah. one of the deadliest combinations. Dude, they knew it. They they it's showed it to you back in the day. They, right like, there before the LAPD shit. Because I think they were even trying to t send you a message about the LAPD, Steve. Officer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuck that chick. But anyway, so St uh, Snippy is now, he gets to go back and they finally get to celebrate Yaxmas, him and Ren, him and his boy, him and his boy and that cherry new scooter he's got. Uh, it's basically a blood scooter with fucking stinky weasel tits. <laughs> I can't say it, Steve. I'm not going to be able to say it. Maybe, maybe they wanted to say weasel tits. 
and uh, because it was Nickelodeon. So this is why, probably why this is the last episode on Nickelodeon. Um, oh, wow. Was it the yeah. last episode? This was the very last episode that aired on Nickelodeon. And then they revisited it uh, a year later on MTV. Well, this isn't the end of the episode, though, because we do get no. to, like, sign off and, like, the Yaxmas spirit is all around us. But then Whatever. we're treated to a couple of fake commercials here, Steve. One for some dog water with K912. And uh, it's made by, it's the only water made by a dog. And we all know that dogs have the cleanest mouths. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard. So I've been told. And uh, that's what this product gives you. It gives you water served from a dog's mouth. Um, and you can rest, you know, positive that you're not going to, I guess, get a disease other than whatever that dog's got in his mouth. So mm, it's, mm. it's the perfect mouthwash. Uh, thousands have turned to dog water as a refreshing drink. There are actually a multitude of uses for dog water. You can use it as an adhesive to grow hair, acne cream. It's even used as a fragrance. Mm. I mean, is this where, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow had a candle sent it as a, from her pussy. I mean, we're only minutes away from dog water actually coming out. So this might be some Nostradamus shit, Steve. I want me some damn dog water. <laughs> then we go to the craft work corner. Uh, Stimpy does some kind of like this old house kind of deal uh, where he's refurnishing uh, old things from around the house. Uh, he makes a lamp out of a soda, uh, a tie and a cowboy hat, which somehow works. Um, I don't know. Can't knock him. It works. Uh, he made a fancy jacket for his teddy bear from his mom's chinchilla coat, a uh, disco mirror ball from his grandma's Louis 14 mirror and his brother's basketball that was signed by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, and he made a costume out of his mom's wigs. He's going to get his ass beat. Two weeks, the NBA's greatest stars come to Broadway in the show of the year. Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Brad Hill, Carl Malone, and more. The NBA All-Star Game in primetime, February 8th at 6 p.m. Eastern on NBC. They're going to shake and bake. Uh, now, also on that same day in 1995, Saturday Night Live is airing the episode with musical guest Bush, Andrew Holtz, Madeline Gunn. Bush more famous than the guest, than the host, I feel like. Madeline Kahn. Yeah, I mean, she, she's a legend in a way, a comedic actress. Uh, she's a part of that Mel Brooks camp. You know, she was in, you know, what is it? The, the Western. I know what you're talking about, but marijuana affects the memories, Steve. Yeah. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. And I think she was in Young Frankenstein. And in her opening monologue, she did one of those, uh, oh, they love me so much. They they had me come back. And, you know, the, the joke is, like, she hadn't hosted since, like, the original cast in the 70s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what the fuck did they bring her on for? But shout out Madeline Kahn. Shout out Gavin Rosdale of Bush. Just swimming in PJ back in the 90s. But they didn't even do the ones I like. They did Glycerine, which is cool. And they did Coming Down. When the days go by. 
Gavin Rosdale, here's something that he doesn't get credit for. Um, he started acting, and whether or not you like the movie or not, um, there's a movie called Constantine that Keanu Reeves was in, another king of the 90s. Uh, it's a comic book movie, but he plays one of the villains in it, and he plays a great villain. I feel like English hmm. people automatically, if you got like a villain, you need a classy villain, throw a, throw a, like a, a nice, handsome Englishman in it. It's going to do you right. It's going to work out well for you. You just don't like English people, man. I do like English people, Steve. I do. But I'm just saying, like, and I just, I complimented English people. So I don't like the I don't like the naysay that you're throwing at me right now on purpose. I don't like it. I, I'll naysay this on me myself. Fuck the Queen of England. <laughs> I, I can they say that? How I don't know how that works in England. Are, like, are you allowed to say like how we do? Like fuck Trump, fuck Bush. You could say that outside. I can step outside and be like, man, fuck George Bush. I mean, can you do that do, out in public? I mean, it's just like this thing. It's a figurehead. I, I like. What are you? What's gonna happen? You know, she's a person, I, yeah, know? and that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, man, like, do they have that right? I know they're not like, uh, fucking I don't think it's like a dictatorship or anything where it's like, you fucking besmirch the queen, you're gonna get fucking shot immediately on sight. I don't think it's like that, but will anything happen? I don't like, think so. I mean, they have <laughs> they have fucking uh, you know, pipe pithy comedy about parliament and shit. It's like they can shit on their politicians, I'm assuming they can shit on royalty. Um, mm. They have to be able to. They should, because she ugly as fuck, and that needs to be said. Like, <laughs> damn, Steve. Like, why are? How did you? They they should have picked. They should have repicked. Like the queen is not supposed to be looking like that. Like Princess Diana was the most beautiful thing that ever came into that family. That's why they had her off. But that's not a blood relation, Steve. That's what. I, see, I think the look you're seeing is a result of. That, you know, hundreds of years of just like a bloodline. Exactly. It's like, you know, if you oh, breathe... oh, oh, oh. <sighs> I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying, Steve. Okay. But, but shout out to my English people. Neither me or Matt are besmirching uh, our people from across I mean, the look pond. Look at a Jason Statham, though, Steve. Look at a guy like that. Badass. Crikey. You know, like those hard nosed guys. Even like, Remember Bob Hoskins, who I'm sure is dead. Super Mario. Yeah. Remember him? That, yeah. that guy was British, dude. And that guy, he, like, I'm telling you, British accent in either a handsome guy or one of those, like, gruff snatch looking dudes, you know, yeah. those types. I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. They're, like, as far as a villain goes, loved it. Gavin Rostell uh, exemplifies that. And that's sidetrack Sally for it's you. Because all we were, this came from us talking about Bush. Oh, yeah. And I really was never a huge fan of Bush. I mean, they were there. And I did like, we've all like glycerine and all that shit. But uh, I don't know. I'll 16 listen to Stone. Three, I'll listen to 311 before I listen to Bush. Yeah, I, I was more of a 16 Stone fan than anything. Uh, I, I like, uh, find my asshole, brother. That was my shit. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is going to kill. Kids kissing the review. He, man, he he fucking did that shit, man. Shout out to you, man. Gavin. Well, no, Gavin fucking gangster, dude. That motherfucker killed it. And he was, you know, a coxman too, famously. So shout out on yeah. that regard as well. But but the only thing that really stood out in this episode was uh the 
Tim Meadows skit, uh, John Mackey Storm Tracker, uh, ACC UCAS. Uh, he's the macho weatherman, John John Mackey. Uh, he lets storms know who's boss. Uh, John John Mackey tells a storm, that's right, bitch. Now go make me a sandwich. Is that where Tracy, uh, Tracy Morgan got? Remember he used to say that to uh, what's his Lauren. face all the time? Yeah, he used to yeah. do that all the time. And uh, this, I gotta say, this season is Tim Meadows' breakthrough season too, man. He's been crushing it this this whole season up to this point, man. Um, there was a time where he had to like body that cast, though. Like he was the guy for like a while. He was a power. He was just like a hitter in that cast. He doesn't get the no. respect he does because if it was, maybe he didn't have a lot of his own sketches other than the ladies' man. The, yeah. But uh, he always made you laugh in everybody else's shit, too. So even when it wasn't him in the spotlight, which he had to do for a while, he was still killing it. I love me some Tim Meadows, dude. He was a slow build, man. You know, he, he kind of came in around the time Farley and, and Sandler did, man. You know, but it yeah. wasn't until like Perspectives and Lady Man in the late 90s, man, after those guys left that he kind of found his stride. I love ladies, man, dude. That's an unsung, like, that's one of those classic recurring sketches that I just don't think gets a lot. I don't think people remember it as fondly as I do, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Look at yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> give me a I'm sandwich, till that, bitch. I'm going to tell that tornado to give me a sandwich. <laughs> but... Yeah, man. Uh, in 1997, Ice Cube releases the album featuring Ice Cube. It's a compilation of old and new. And uh, I remember this album cover. I never got yeah. this album, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's a best of and, you know, it features a lot of the stuff he did when he first broke from N.W.A. Um, who doesn't love some Dom Mega? Uh-huh, dude. You always do that better. Uh-huh, because Jordan, like, I'll tell you one thing, yeah. dude. Jordan made me appreciate Ice Cube. So I used to love Ice Cube, dude. I, I love Ice Cube from when I was young, before I met Jordan. But that dude, like, just had a knowledge of this guy that made me appreciate him to the point where Ice Cube is my favorite rapper. Like, overall, yeah. he's my guy. So I didn't have this, but I'm sure if this was his hits, it's filled with bangers. Yeah, filled for with sure. It. You know who probably didn't listen to Ice Cube featuring Ice Cube in 1997 Jesus. That's isn't it wild? Because dude, I had a grandma that lived like to be a hundred and four. She lived to be a hundred and four years old. It's wild to think of those people, especially even if you look at this Disney chick. She when did she die? She died in ninety seven. She went through from eight nineteen hundred. She saw world wars, wars uh, like all these things happened. Disney, all movies, uh, telephones. She saw it all and got to the late 90s i mean that's gotta be i would hope she remembered it all but i always like thought that about my grandma like man it must just be blow you the fuck away to see what's going on right now seriously you know? 
like but still she was from... probably into some evil shit knowing who she was connected to so yeah. i don't want to besmirch the dead but i'm sure there were some things that that lady saw that she probably didn't want to see you know what i'm saying yeah not gonna disagree uh, but that following year, 1998, South Park is airing the episode Gnomes. A school assignment pairs the boys up with Tweak, a neurotic boy who claims that gnomes are stealing his underwear. Meanwhile, Tweak's father fights against a corporation that is stealing his business. This is a nice, it's a calming episode, Steve. It's, it's like a summer's morning. Dew on the grass. <laughs> uh, with the metaphors. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know... It's just, I forgot about this. I mean, this is like, I had bought a lot of these DVDs and used to watch South Park over like a lot, but I forgot about this one. And Tweak is such a funny fucking character, dude. I love the character and his dad. (laughs) Is this episode the introduction of Tweak? I think so. Okay. I mean, he might've been in the background, but this is when you like, they started talking to him, you know, it wasn't just a kid in the class. Um, but we start off here in South Park Elementary, and um, apparently Mr. Garrison's in danger of getting fired, and he's yeah. not too happy about it, Steve. And the kids don't give a fuck; they're actually fine with it. <laughs> I would be—I'd feel the same way if a teacher like told me this when I was in school. I'd be like, "Okay, sucks." I mean, you need to—you need to do something <laughs> about that damn shit. I don't know what to tell you. Most of the teachers, that would have been my response. There's probably one or two have been like, oh, dude, not you. Yeah, right. But he's getting fired because he's a shitty teacher. They don't think any kid, these kids are learning anything. And I got to be honest, it doesn't seem like they are. Um, and so they have to give a presentation to prove that they've learned something. And it just is like a general presentation, it seems like. Yeah. You know, no it, plan. It, it, it's the welcome to South Park committee, apparently. Yeah. And uh, basically, Mr. Garrison's like, if you guys don't do good on this, all, and I, I'm going to smack you the fuck up. I'm going to smack you in the face, kids. So do a good presentation. Make me look good. And let's split up into teams of five. So Tweak gets put with our, guy, our guys, the mainstays. And... Uh, they got to make a presentation about what i don't know this would be terrifying to me as a kid though like a presentation where there's no defined like subject i would freestyle fuck this yeah don't leave it up to me shit i'll make the assignment a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and bullshit my way through it (laughs) my my uh, assignment was about titties and how good they are it's like okay (laughs) man and uh, the boys don't even want to be in a group with tweet because he's a fucking spaz He's a weird spaz at that. Yeah, this is where class projects, whenever you got that weird kid in your group, and it's just like, God damn it. But at least Tweak, I mean, Tweak's dad, they got a business. They get like, you can go over to Tweak's and hang out, maybe. His dad seems like a chill dude. Uh, Yeah, he's probably weird too in a different way. As we'll see, uh, the Tweak Bros, John, uh, that's the company, the family business owned by Mr. Tweak. Yeah. And uh, he, yeah, he's at Tweak Bros. And John Postum from the Hard Hard Harbucks Coffee Corporation comes into the shop and he wants to buy out the store. Uh, Mr. Tweak is not biting. Uh, John Postum even offers 500000 Still no. He only cares about making the greatest coffee and it's all homemade. 
Simpler coffee, Steve, for simpler times. Makes, for simple America. Makes you think about honey coming out of a dewdrop. <laughs> He's always, Mr. Tweak always has a nice metaphor about how good his coffee is or about just life in general. And this dong from Harbucks, as he's called later in the episode. He just wants to buy, he's corporate America, Steve. Fuck the little guy. We need to make this Harbucks coffee and fuck your little simple ass coffee shop, Mr. Tweak. And like you said, Mr. Tweak, even with all this money, this guy has bags of money in his hand. He's not selling. It's bigger than that. Steve, that's integrity. The kind of integrity that comes with a simple cup of Tweak's coffee. They really do got his balls in a vice. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that boys also have their balls in a vice because they got to think of a fucking presentation topic and they don't know what to do. I mean, what? again, like we got nothing to go off of. And Tweak's like, you know what? We should do a, a presentation on the underpants gnomes that keep stealing my underpants. And they're like, man, shut up, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, weird kid in class. <laughs> and he's like, hey, just come spend the night at my place. You're going to see for yourself. You're going to see for yourself. These kids, these things are coming out, stealing my underpants. And right then and there, I'd be like, I'm not going. Three o'clock in the morning. Fuck that. I'm not going. Yeah. But they do. They go to Tweaks. And Tweaks, you know, Tweaks mom and dad, they're having a piping hot co- a cup of Tweaks coffee while when the boys come in. And they tell their mom and dad about the presentation. And this sets off a little bell in Mr. Tweak's head. And he's like, you boys should do a presentation about how corporate America is trying to push out the little guy. And uh, even the mom's like, come on, this is fucked up. Like, this, you shouldn't be doing this. These are little kids. And he's like, these little kids might just be the thing we need to get this fucking Harbucks off our back, bitch. Yeah, we could either do that or put Tweak in slavery. And honestly, judging from the spastic nature of this guy, I don't know if he's a crack baby or what the deal is, if he got into their stash, but I wouldn't want the kid around. I'd be like, hey, you know. They really do have my balls in a salad shooter. And, um. They offer kids coffee. Yeah, I was going to say, this is when it gets weird because clearly these people have been giving Tweak coffee because they just offer the coffee up to the kids. And as another parent, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? You can't do this. You give my kids drugs. Yeah, but they drink the shit, even though it tastes kind of bitter. But when they get their kick in, they stay up and they're bouncing off the walls. It's like when you got Mountain Dew at a sleepover, Steve. You're just like, you guys want to start a business? You guys want to start a fucking business together? Like Mario Brothers, Yoshi. Uh, Dude, let's make a board game where Power Rangers are fighting fucking Super Mario Brothers, bro. Fucking like, oh man. I just need to take a walk, okay? Make that more Mountain Dew. You guys just tell you're my mom, okay? You're my mom, okay? You're my mom. Everything's gonna be okay. I mean, can you call me my mom? Is that okay? <laughs> Dude, what if Tevin Campbell joined Crisscross? Did it? Did it? It's like a different kind of boogie night, Steve. This is the childlike <laughs> version where it's just like you know, this is when it's all good. But cut to three a.m. and now they're just yeah. puking up coffee. They're just hurting. Everybody's coming just down, crashing hard. Yeah. Cartman is throwing up on himself and, uh, you know, 
Mr. Tweak comes in and he already has the report prepared for the guys. He's like, yeah, I, I kicked up a little something overnight and um, it's not going to be about no gnomes taking draws. It's going to be about Big Bank take a little bank. I mean, yeah. the boys are like, oh shit, we ain't got anything else going. We ain't got dude, anything else going you, on. Dude, if you were in a class project and a, pre- a fucking parent came in and was like, hey, I got this paper already written up for you guys. If you guys just want to use this instead, I'd be like, done. Yeah. See ya. What do I need to know here? What What's my part? Can I just do the intro? Everybody else, we're good here? Like, And probably wouldn't even read it. It's like, oh shit, it's done. It's a yeah. thing. Yeah. So they give, uh, you know, but as they're doing this, as he's giving them this and explaining the report and everything, Tweak's like, man, what the fuck, man? And these little underpants gnomes come in and they're singing a song. Uh, they are they are taking his underpants. So this shit's going on. Uh, maybe it's a coffee hallucination. I've been there. I've drinking a lot of coffee. I've drinking a lot of coffee today, Steve, but I've never seen gnomes, you know, but they're there. <laughs> And neither did Stan, Kyle, Kenny, or Cartman. Uh, Tweak or is the, the only dad. one. Or, or the, the dad. Ad- like, the ad- like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? It, no. So he's freaking out. Like, they're coming after me. I wish they'd leave me alone. Soon they'll want my blood. <laughs> and then we cut to the next day, and the boys actually are reading that report to the judges. And Mr. Garrison can tell, because, I mean, you know, we've all been there. You get a little too fucking ballsy with these reports, and then you start saying these big words, and then your teacher's like, you yeah. didn't write this, motherfucker. Yeah. You're struggling <laughs> trying to say the shit? Like, no. You use the word dissertation three times. You don't even know how to spell that shit, you know? So he's on to him. But everybody else is like, this makes oh my complete God. sense. Oh, my God. This is oh profound. <laughs> yeah. But Mr. Garrison, again, he's like, hmm, okay. And he comes up and he's like, I know you boys didn't fucking uh, write this shit, but you got to give this, like, if something happens where they have to give it to, like, an upper echelon of judges or something, right? Well, you know, they're, they're speaking in front of the Welcome South Park Committee. And after their little thesis or report or whatever, they're just so enamored with what they just heard. So they suggest, hey, let's move this on to the mayor. So they go to the mayor's office and she's eating it up. They're like, oh man, we're gonna get you on public access television for the for the town meeting. Yeah. And uh now while they're talking about this, one of the mayor's assistants gets his draws taken off while he's standing there. <laughs> and still the only person that sees these fucking gnomes taking draws is Tweak. And I, I mean, he's uh, he's losing it. And also, across town, Mr. Tweak, he's get, still getting harassed by this twat from Harbucks, right? And he's still yeah. like, I'm not giving in to you corporate greed heads. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to treat this like a nice, good cup of Tweak's coffee. It's like a dew drop on a mountaintop. Sunrise. They really have my balls in a juice maker. <laughs> but... So he's getting it, but he's still unfazed. He's like, I got this little scheme going with these kids. Maybe I'll push you guys out. And the kids, like you said, they've actually had the mayor, who's on board with their protest too, create a prop called Prop 10, which is to eliminate big companies from coming into South Park and pushing them out with their delicious coffee and their great prices. 
Um, so that's where the boys have to go speak at this. It's basically a speech to the town to vote on Prop 10. And Mr. Garrison's like, you boys fuck this up. I'm going to slap you in the fucking teeth. You know, he's really putting the fucking screws to him. And that's a little scary. But I mean, they've they've uh, this is their own making. You know, they've created this situation by taking this fucking uh plan from uh, Mr. Tweak, this little paper. They fucked up. They're in too Cheating deep. Cheating on the test. They're in too deep. But none of this would have happened if Mr. Garrison wasn't a shitty teacher. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, they, you know, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. So other than Mr. Garrison threatening him, he does say Mr. Hat's going to do terrible things to them if they don't succeed in fooling the town that he's a good teacher. So cut to the debate. This is actually on TV. And uh, Mr. it's basically the boys versus Mr. Harbucks, Daddy Harbucks, if you will. Yeah. And uh, the town is just on board with this protest, so much so that even when like the Harbucks guy starts talking, they just start hissing at the guy. Yes. Yeah. It's very biased. Yeah. Because he, he's going to look like he's going to win this debate, Steve. Yeah. He's even introduced as a big, fat, smelly corporate guy from New York, and he gets booed. And he's like, hey, I'm not fat or smelly. All right, Mr. Douchebag. And he, he says some more <laughs> shit, and he's like, uh, pardon me, Mr. Assface. I was going to say, they do call him Mr. Assface. And then they show this video that's like a. Sarah McLaughlin uh, poppy adoption or puppy adoption video, but about big corporations stealing uh, middle America and like small businesses. And basically the end of the commercial is like, if you if you don't like small businesses, that means you hate children. You don't hate children, do you? And then it just shows like kids burning alive. So, I mean, how could you argue against Prop 10 at this point? Vote yes on Prop 10 or else you hate children. Like, but I mean, again, I tw- everybody, I'm assuming Tweak's copy is that shit, Steve. Because Mr. Tweak can't stop talking about it. He can't stop living that lifestyle. And now it seems like he is going to be able to push the corporations out. So much so that when we cut to what I believe is nighttime, uh, the Harbucks guy, aka Johnny Douchebag, is actually, he's ready to just pull up stakes. He says, you know what? Yeah. This ain't going to work out. Let's get out of here, boys. And I forget, like, Emilio or somebody's like, But what will become of us? Oh, quit being so melodramatic, Sanchez. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, you know, they get set up to get out of town, man. And uh, they're planning for this little prop thing. And uh, they're trying to decide who the band, like, what band's going to play. And somehow they come up with Toto. Yep. Who doesn't like, to, dude, I got to say on the radio, I think Weezer has like that Africa, like reboot song or whatever, or like cover song. I am sick of Toto. So fuck Toto, wow. Steve. Damn. I miss the rains down in Africa. What? Dude, that shit does slap though. I'm not going to lie to you. That That is my jam. I mean, it does slap, but it's at the same time, like. Hate it. <laughs> I don't need to hear it on the radio now every time I turn my car on. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. I'm good, Toto. Now, it, Yeah, fuck Toto then, man. Like, you, you fucking up my, my homie's playlist. 
and the boys now have to do a five minute speech and you know while they're trying to strategize about the speech once again the underpants gnomes walk into the bedroom and tweak immediately calls attention to him but this time the other boys are seeing them as well uh, watching them walk out with the last of tweaks draws and but one of the gnomes stays behind and stares at the boys as, as cartman approaches it and hits it on the head with a stick and the gnome says is that all you got pussy <laughs> yeah david the gnome definitely uh coming in a little hotter than i remember on from the nickelodeon show um, but he's an underpants gnome and they're like intrigued by that obviously there's gnomes does this mean god exists steve i don't know but they want to know where this guy's coming from and this gnome's very accommodating he's like i'll take you back to my tree come on yeah, it's big business they're like what business oh you know about business okay so they they take him into a fucking tree he takes him into a tree and uh, i guess this is the the underpants uh heap this is the mecca steve this is the, the, the mecca fucking, this is the goddamn vault because this yes. is big business apparently these gnomes the silicon gnomes. valley of underpants this is it this is the silk road or whatever that fucking you know dark web shit is this is it this is where all the stolen underpants go and uh they have a business plan i mean these guys these kids yeah. should write a book these gnomes write a book have a youtube channel because they have it down to three phases steve phase one steal underpants phase two uh we'll get to that later but phase three profit I'm rich, bitch. and that's where we all want to see so they've got this down to a sweet science that's all that matters it's a th it's a three-part process where you really ain't even got to do all three yeah I, I don't need to know anything else. Let me invest, underpants gnomes. But, you know, these guys are stealing underpants. Um, but as they're going through the explanation, somebody, one of these fucking gnomes, there's so much money and, uh, you know, swag in this cave. They hit us. They hit something. They kill Kenny. You bastards. Son of a bitch. Falls on his head, man. But they don't even care. They're more drawn into this whole underworld of draw stealing and things of that nature so you're making so, money <laughs> yeah so you're still making money off some whitey tighties right yeah i mean and they so basically now they're kind of confused because tweak's dad's saying big corporations no these gnomes are saying big corporations hell yes a resounding hell yes steve Mm, but the boys have a coming to Jesus moment and keep it real with them all and just say, you know what? Big corporations actually have a purpose. If it wasn't for them, we probably wouldn't have cars the way we do, computers or canned soup. And the people of South Park don't like what they're hearing. So they boo the motherfuckers. Uh, and also the boys come clean about the whole report not even being theirs. They plagiarized the shit. It was written by Mr. Tweak. And Mr. Garrison is then literally pulled out of like, he's pulled away by uh, uh, Bar Brady and Stan's dad. And it looks like yeah. he's being arrested for crimes. I didn't yeah. know being a shitty teacher was a crime, Steve. I got a lot of people I need arrested, okay? You and me both, pal. <laughs> and they what? actually try Harbuck's coffee and it's actually good. Yeah, one person's like, this doesn't taste like raw sewage. What? This isn't burnt. Yeah. You know, this bitter. is great. And even Mr. Tweak has to admit, you know, maybe this is better than my coffee. And the Harbucks guy's like, you know what, dude? 
we're going to need somebody to run this place. So hired, rehired, raise. Let's do this. Yeah. Mr. Tweak's fully in. Now he's fully ingratiated into big business. And uh, he doesn't have to put his son in indentured servitude. So that's great. That's a pretty big It's always thing. a plus. It's a miracle, Steve. It's a Christmas miracle, which is what this episode's all about. Actually, it's not because we have one more episode before Christmas. But, you know, I got to say, I'm glad that uh, the underpants gnomes aren't real because I need these underpants, Steve. I don't want to be. I love you guys. <laughs> I would like to find somebody like, hey, man, send it to this girl's house. Uh, man, I give you the address, man. You got ways. You got you got GPS. <laughs> I, I just been wondering what her shit smell like. <laughs> Well, there you go, Steve. Shared a Gotta find some much. use. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a panty collector, boys and girls. I'm not. I never got I buy that, pictures of feet. and I gotta say, I'm glad to hear that, Steve, because I'd be a little scared. No. I'd be a little miffed no. if you were, but, you know, to any of those panty stealers out there, shame on you, okay? But if Portia <laughs> Williams' panties just happened to be in the area, it was like, oh, why are those on the ground? Yeah. Oh, and I might have to. Oh, I it just happened to. Oh, piece of somehow candy. my yeah my ooh my nose just happened to hit those draws. I don't know why they're just laying on the ground, but <laughs> you're shit. one of those people that walks into Target. They're like, you need a face mask. And you're like, oh, here's some used panties on my face. You're that guy, Steve. You're yeah, that guy. totally. <laughs> and we, man, I missed the opportunity to talk about uh, Merry Christmas, Charles Manson. That was their previous episode, South Park. Um, I, I could have at least mentioned it in the callbacks or whatever. But speaking of which, any callbacks, honorable mentions, takeaways? Um, I just got to, you know, as we were talking about being weed veterans, and I just got to say shout out. That's my callback and uh, shout out to everybody this Christmas season. Just have a great green Christmas. You know what I'm saying? To all those actual heads out there that aren't here doing dabs and hitting 10-foot bongs that are living that real functional weed lifestyle salute to you guys welcome Keep to the being club. great and being an exception to the rule exactly live that see that's the thing when nobody knows you're doing it right you know what i'm saying if you walk around nobody's like hey it's a, you're not walking around with like blonde dreads and with saying fucking like just reeking like we used to, Steve. We used to walk around. Far out, man. Yeah. Don't do that. Just be cool. Just be Fonzie and you're gonna do great. Dude, you ever put gummy worms in your burgers when you cook them, bro? Dude, you know you're on the clock, right? <laughs> your hands on the grill right now, kid. Chill out. Jesus. What about you, Steve? Any callbacks? Any takeaways? Man, as the, as the weeks go by, the, the episode selection gets harder and harder. Uh, you know, there were some really good Frasers that happened on this day, some really good In Living Colors that happened on this day in the 90s. Uh, in 1990, In Living Color is airing episode 24. It has Three Champs and a Little Lady. It has Keenan Ivory Wayans playing Mike Tyson, uh, David Allen Greer playing Muhammad Ali, and Tommy Davison playing Sugar Ray Leonard. And uh, comedic gold, man. Uh, it also has the Good Behavior Variety Hour where they're doing like a comp like a talent show in jail 
and David Allen Greer is supposed to be doing a reenactment of sorts. And Kelly Caulfield is like the uh, bailiff or whatever, the parolee or some shit. And over time, David Allen Greer just starts hitting on her because he's a he's an inmate. He's like, oh, you got some really big processes. <laughs> it is just like whenever he does that like crazy character talking about processes, like, oh, my God. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. And once again, Say by the Bell has another episode on Sunday, and this one is Breaking Up is Hard to Do, which I think is probably more popular than the Rod Belding episode. They're both classics, but this is the one where uh, they break up with their respective girlfriends. And uh, by the end of the episode, they make good uh, because uh, AC wanted to go to the Raiders game. Uh, uh, fucking baddie, what's her, what's her tits? Uh, fucking Jesse, she wanted to go to the ballet. And so they make good. And, uh, AC comes into the fucking Max uh, wearing a fucking uh, uh, tutu and shit. Does his whole. You remember that one? Yeah, you know? hell and, yeah, hell yeah. And, and some of the scenes from this are used in the opening credits, which, you know. I mean, shout out to AC with those ballerinas. Or ba- Is it ballerino if you're a dude? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, ballerine bro. Um, and it, in 1994, hanging with Mr. Cooper is airing the episode Christmas Show, and that one has Alfie from My Brother and Me. He, he was Hell kind yeah, of a dude. Yeah, he he hit the sitcom circuit back in the day, man. In uh, 1998, the nanny has the Hanukkah story, and there's a cameo with Ray Charles. He's in the opening scene, and he does like a little Christmas uh, scene uh, in the end of the episode, man. But uh, yeah, dude, uh, I also want to address uh, Bob Barker. I said this previously on another episode. And I didn't have facts as to why he's a piece of shit. Uh, Now, yeah, one of the Price is Right girls, she had a tell-all. But, like, more important than that shit, Bob Barker does business with jails. Uh, The Bob Barker Company provides jails, prisons, mental health, homeless shelters, and juvenile facilities with the supplies they need to stay healthy, which, I don't know, uh, depending on your perspective, I guess that could be good. But if you have a company... an industrial complex, Steve? Pretty much. Bob Barker. I, I mean, people live in that long, Steve. There's something going on. He's in. He's in there. I don't know. I didn't yeah. know that, and I. I thought he was just trying to spay and neuter pets. That's all I thought. But yeah, he's trying to keep inmates spayed and neutered too. <laughs> um. But yeah, man, that's everything. December sixteenth in the nineties. Please make sure to check out Over the Culture as well as Crushgasm as well as B3F Podcast. This is Steve G and Matt G. Please like, share, subscribe. Tell your favorite auntie that we got them candy yams.